Hello, my name is Thomas. Welcome to this latest episode of British Culture, Albion Never Dies. Today is all about Liz Trust, the new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I know that many people around the world might be asking, who is she and why is she the Prime Minister? She's just been chosen by the approximately 160,000 members of the Conservative Party to be Conservative Party leader, as the Conservative Party is the largest party in Parliament, with 356 MPs out of 650, compared to Labour, which has just 200. She is anticipated to be the next Prime Minister. Of course, she isn't Prime Minister quite yet, not at time of recording. She's expected to travel to Balmoral in Scotland tomorrow, so the Queen can invite her to form a government. Then she is the Prime Minister. That normally happens at Buckingham Palace, but the Queen is not travelling at the moment for health reasons. Although, have I got news for you suggested, it's because, uh, well, neither of the two candidates up for election are worth getting out of bed for. (laughs) She has defeated Rishi Sunak, of course, in the Conservative leadership uh, election. And of course that happens internally within the party. It's an internal party process. That's something I explained in the podcast episode, The Next Prime Minister. So I won't get into the mechanics of it too much. I'm today looking at who is Liz Trust. She today, um, I guess, will be celebrating and resting after a hard-fought campaign. Tomorrow, as Prime Minister, she's expected to address the nation for the first time. She'll make cabinet positions, uh, receive updates on national security. And it's interesting that this will be a very different process from how, for example, US presidents uh, get into office. So, for example, she doesn't choose the Downing Street staff. The President of the United States chooses his staff for the White House. And this can sometimes lead to some interesting issues because they don't really work for the Prime Minister. They work for the Crown. They work for the Civil Service. Tony Blair famously had issues with this on the night of his election. He went in and one member of his staff was crying um, because she preferred the previous guy. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. And she said, no, you're not. You meant to do it. <laughs> Kicking off his relationship with his staff on the best possible note. It was alleged uh, that there were even issues when Bill Clinton came around. A tea lady came in, plonked down a tea and biscuits and so on and said to Bill Clinton, touch my bum and my boyfriend will have you. <laughs> don't know if it's true, but she walked off. Allegedly, Tony Blair said, look, I really can't, I don't select the staff. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> it goes to show the very different relationship, which uh, I think was fantastically illustrated in the TV show Yes Minister. Of course, the real job of Prime Minister, she'll be forming her cabinet, um, and that will be, for example, the Foreign Secretary. It will be the Defence Secretary. It will be the Chancellor of the Exchequer. X, meaning, you know, money coming and going. And the checker, referring uh, to the original um, notices of where the money's coming and going, it's a historic term for finance minister, she'll choose it from members of parliament. Um, so they're all kind of generalists who will work with the permanent secretary, the specialists in the area. Although lords have sat, um, I'd say less and less so in recent years, but some prominent lords have sat in the cabinet. She will receive briefing from National Security as she becomes Prime Minister. Again, the Defence Chiefs serve the Crown, not the Prime Minister. Uh, So these are professional appointments. And they will give her the same updates uh, that they would have given to Boris Johnson the previous day and potentially to somebody else at literally any time. We don't go in these set cycles that people who follow US elections might be familiar with. But again, rather than all these mechanics, I want to get into who is this lady? 
Where's she from? <laughs> How did she get there? And I'm largely going to draw from uh, Britannica.com. Um, so the Encyclopedia Britannica is now, I believe, entirely online. And they, I think they have the best biography. I've looked at quite a few recently just to try and, well, work out who she is. Uh, so I'm going to go through this biography a lot, adding in, obviously, my own comments. Liz Trust's full name is Mary Elizabeth Trust, born on the July the 26th, 1975, in Oxford, in the UK. Uh, she's a British Conservative politician who became the second woman ever to serve as UK Foreign Secretary. That's the position she has now until she meets the Queen and is invited. Anyway, at the age of 47, she's younger than Daniel Craig <laughs> and obviously Pierce Brosnan, so she's younger than any of the Bond actors. And she's also uh, becoming Prime Minister at 47, younger than Roger Moore in the majority of his 007 films. She goes by her middle name, Elizabeth, rather than her given first name, Mary, and she was the child of left-leaning parents. Her father was a professor of mathematics at the University of Leeds, and her mother was a nurse, a teacher, and she campaigned for the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, CND. It's, it is interesting, uh, Liz Truss was taken as a child to demonstrate against the policies of Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, and reportedly chanted, Maggie, 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 out, 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 and of course is now the third female Conservative Prime Minister, and is widely seen to have modelled herself on Margaret Thatcher. When she was four years old, she moved with her family from Oxford to Paisley in West Central Scotland, where she attended primary school, and they later relocated to suburban Leeds uh, in West Yorkshire. There, Truss studied at Roundhay School, a state-run comprehensive that, as a politician, she'd characterise as having underserved its students by teaching them about racism and sexism at the expense of fuller instruction in basic subjects. This came out in the very early leadership debates, and... It was refuted by some political pundits and some of the school's former students. In fact, I was going through the local newspapers, as I know round, hey? <laughs> I know this very nice area of Leeds. And, uh, yeah, there was quite a lot of discussion back and forth because, of course, it's all, it's all subjective. It's your own experience at school. Imagine if you became a national figure and you asked about your, your primary school, your secondary school, and you started answering. You might have all kinds of people coming out talking about it. But obviously, she she did give this uh, very strong view of it, uh, of how, well, comprehensive schools uh, didn't give the right education under a conservative government. <laughs> anyway, it was interesting. She does um, reference Leeds quite a bit. It seems to be informative. It's... Uh, but she's in Roundhay, which is a very, very nice place, and I would say exactly the kind of place a professor of mathematics would live. There have been suggestions that her father, the professor of mathematics, uh, criticised her on Twitter, uh, but predictably it's been found to be false uh, by, for example, Routers fact-checkers. Anyway, Liz trusted well at school. She matriculated at Merton College, Oxford, where she studied politics, philosophy and economics. There she became actively involved in politics, serving as president of the union's Liberal Democrats. At the age of 19, she made a speech at the Liberal Democrats' 1994 party conference in which she supported a motion that called for abolishing the British monarchy, saying, we, Liberal Democrats, do not believe people are born to rule. However, 
Truss's foray into centre-left politics was short-lived. By the time of her graduation from Oxford in 1996, she had become a conservative, having enthusiastically embraced the tenets of classic liberalism as a participant in the university's Hayek Society, an economic society. By 1997, she met the man who had become her husband, accountant Hugh O'Leary, at the Conservative Party convention. They married in the year 2000 and have two daughters. I think that's really interesting, particularly interesting that she got involved in the Conservative Party in 1996. At this time, uh, the Conservative Party had been in power for a very long time and was beset by scandal after scandal and was very clearly heading towards a losing election. In fact, they would be defeated in the biggest landslide uh, election ever, ever in British history. So it's interesting uh, that... One might say a very dark time in the Conservative Party's history, um, but she was attracted to join it then. Um, yeah, I just think it's an interesting comment on her. It has been largely commented on that she had, you know, different views, political views at the age of 20, 21, uh, from, <laughs> from when she's 40. <laughs> I don't know if this is unusual. The Conservative Party membership obviously don't think it's so unusual because they've just elected her. I don't have a record of my political beliefs at 21. Um, all I can say is, lucky me. <laughs> anyway, having graduated, uh, Truss worked at Shell uh, Petroleum Company, rising to the position of commercial manager. Uh, while at Shell, she qualified as an accountant. Um, she served as economic director of Cable and Wireless, 2000-2005, uh, and as deputy director of the Right of Centre think tank Reform, 2008-2010. I think she's not the, the first uh, Prime Minister to have any accounting background. So, for example, John Major, now Sir John Major, uh, was the son of a former circus performer and vaudeville manager. Um, Major left school at the age of 16 to help support his family and worked as a bank accountant for, for some years. Um, obviously, you need to have the compulsory Bond references here. Uh, Giancarlo Giannini, as Rene Mathis said in Casino Royale, I hate to say it, but... The accountants seem to be running MI6 these days. <laughs> and back in GoldenEye, Judy Dench was introduced as the evil queen of numbers. So, uh, accountants, they don't normally have the best uh, press in Bond films. <laughs> I think she re refers to herself, you think I'm a bean counter. <laughs> well, anyway, in the meantime, 2001, at the age of 25, Truss entered parliamentary politics, running unsuccessfully for the seat representing Hemsworth and Labour-dominated West Yorkshire. In 2005, she came up short in another run for Parliament, this time for the seat for Calder Valley, also in West Yorkshire. In the run-up to that contest, the party had provided her with an MP as a mentor, Mark Field, who represented the cities of London and Westminster. The two began a romantic affair that lasted some 18 months and resulted in the dissolution of Field's 12-year marriage. Truss's marriage survived, but when it came to light in the press in 2006, it prevented her from continuing as a candidate for the Conservative Party uh, at the behest of the Prime Minister, David Cameron. She, sorry, the Prime Minister, David Cameron, had put her forward to stand in a by-election, uh, Bromley and Chislehurst, but it stood in the way. My recommended rabbit hole there is Calder Valley, mainly because loosely referred to in her history, but Calder Valley in Yorkshire is a gorgeous place. Anyway... Truss had to answer for the affair again, this time late 2009, when she sought to become a Conservative candidate for the largely rural constituency of South West Norfolk. After she was selected to be the candidate, some members of the local party, uh, who were dubbed, I suspect by her, the Turnip Taliban, raised the spectre of her affair and demanded she ended her candidacy. 
but she stood firm and was chosen by a vote of 132 to 37 and then easily won uh, her seat in 2010. Twelve years ago. Once in office, Truss founded the Free Enterprise Group, a collection of free market orientated conservative MPs who advocated tax cuts and deregulation of business and employment. So her vision for an unbridled free market approach to the British economy was reflected in Britannia Unchained, uh, a 2012 pamphlet she wrote with other conservative MPs, including Priti Patel and Dominic Raab, that described the British as, quote, among the worst idlers in the world, end quote. All of them involved have, of course, been asked about that quote. Uh, I think uh, Liz Truss said that she didn't write it, and Dominic Raab stated, we have collective responsibility for the document. Incidentally, uh, a lady who, who worked for me in China, who was absolutely wonderful, had, had actually been Dominic Raab's personal assistant uh, in Parliament and described him in the most glowing terms, uh, described him as the best boss she'd ever had. I guess that includes me. <laughs> anyway, for Liz Trust, arguably the most memorable moment of her tenure um, as environmental secretary occurred on a Conservative Party conference where Trust, who sometimes characterises a wooden public speaker, made an address including an awkwardly delivered statement that became a meme. You may recognise the quote. We import two-thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. Grace. <laughs> Perhaps in response to the damage her public image suffered, uh, Trust thereafter devoted considerable time and effort uh, to cultivating her presence on social media. Yes, she is an Instagram star. Uh, 50,000 followers more might see that rise. Uh, Bojo had well over a million. But interestingly, Rishi Sunak had over 200,000 followers. So uh, obviously social media isn't everything. Obviously, most voters are older. Politics isn't the sort of thing you generally grow out of. It tends to be the kind of thing you grow into. The average age of the Conservative Party is well over 60, which it has in common with Labour and the Liberal Democrats. I mention that because it's been in the media a huge amount about the age of people choosing the Prime Minister, but in fact Conservative Party members are only about two years older, on average, uh, than Labour and Liberal Democrat voters. Anyway... As also commonly reported, uh, Truss enthusiastically supported the Remain position on the Brexit issue, being loyal to David Cameron, um, but after the vote in 2016, um, she announced she'd been wrong, because uh, of course we got Brexit. Uh, she said, we, we anticipated economic disasters, and those disasters we anticipated didn't happen. Uh, they anticipated initial uh, recession, a double-dip recession, so on. Um, then again, Nobody expected COVID. She then served the next Conservative Prime Minister, Theresa May, as, uh, as Lord Chancellor and Secretary of State for Justice. And uh, after May announced that she would resign as Conservative Party leader, Trust became one of the first ministers to back Boris Johnson's bid to become the new party leader and become Prime Minister. So, of course, she was rewarded, and Liz Truss became Secretary of State for International Trade. She became President of the Board of Trade in August 2019, and then he added to her portfolio the Ministership of Women and Equalities. 
As Trade Secretary, Truss met with uh, international business, political leaders, travelling widely and exhaustively, documenting those trips on Instagram. This is what Encyclopedia Britannica says, exhaustively documenting those trips on Instagram. I had a look at the Instagram. I wouldn't say it's exhaustive. I, I know people who go on far worse trips and, frankly, upload far more photos. <laughs> anyway... She primarily earned a reputation as someone who got things done by negotiating post-Brexit trade deals with more than five dozen countries. Now, some have said those arrangements just mirror those Britain had as another member of the EU, but the energy and optimism that Trust brought to her promotion of Johnson's global Britain won the approval of Brexit hardliners such as Jacob Rees-Mogg and transformed her reputation within the party. It has been striking. So many people have commented. She started out a Lib Dem, and then she became uh, a Thatcherite conservative. She started out believing in remaining in the EU, and now she's a hardline Brexiter supported by, for example, Jacob Rees-Mogg. It is an interesting journey. In September 2021, Johnson elevated trust the post of Secretary of State for Foreign and Commonwealth and Development Affairs, uh, replacing Dominic Raab. So, she is the second woman to hold that post as Foreign Secretary. She sought to expand the global reach of Britain as it was seeking to recast its role in world affairs after its departure from the EU. Trust was at the centre of the UK's strident response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, but even as she should, stood shoulder to shoulder with other European leaders in imposing unprecedented sanctions against Russia, she remained firm in her negotiations with them regarding post-Brexit economic matters. All the while, Truss seemed to be consciously styling herself as the second coming of Margaret Thatcher. Again, Encyclopedia's words, not mine. Uh, championing free market, strong defence, and liberty and freedom as a linchpin of political ideology. But also in the way she presents herself and side-by-side photos of her photo shoots and Margaret Thatcher's photo shoots uh, do give a very clear picture. And not just because she's a woman in politics, you know, the the photograph of Margaret Thatcher in a tank has been replicated by Liz Trust uh, quite directly. <laughs> so I just put this out on Instagram as soon as the news went out that Liz Trust has been selected by the Conservative Party as leader and says so she will. We expect the Queen will invite her to perform a government. That would be normal. It would be extraordinary if she didn't. Uh, so I just asked people on my, my Instagram... If you have any questions about Liz Trust, uh, Daniel Gaster messaged me, do you feel relieved now Boris is out? <laughs> Good question. Uh, I have to say I've never minded any Prime Minister going or any world leader going. I only ever worry about who on earth will replace them and will they be better? And as for Liz Trust, my, my feeling is let's wait and see. Is he ready? He said, uh, basically, is Liz Trust a copy of Thatcher? I feel Thatcher was pioneering and she was different. She cut very much her own line in politics. And I'm honestly not sure if Liz Trust is so radically different from what's gone before. Um, so if that is Margaret Thatcher's standout quality, then I'm not sure if Liz Trust has that. But she does seem to follow follow on from her as much as possible. Of course... A great deal depends on what she actually does once she's in office. That will be the test. Thatcher responded to the problems of the 70s and so in many ways created the 80s and further 90s and 2000s. Uh, so let's see what Liz Truss does about the problems we're in now. I had a very short question. Election in 2024, also from Izzy Reddy. 
Let's see if she's still the leader in 2024, and if the leader of the Labour Party, Keir Starmer, uh, still hasn't changed. I think that will make for an interesting election, but it's all dependent on whether they can stay, and given the last couple of years, I'm not sure if there's going to be very much stability <laughs> in the coming two years. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed that quick overview of who is Liz Trust. I've had, uh, I've had one more message as I've been talking on Instagram, saying uh, I'm quite happy with her policies. Your thoughts? Well, this is from a, a contributor I don't know. I only name people if I ask them in advance. Is it okay if I name you? Um, so I, I honestly can't really comment. Um, if she's in favour of trade, well, that seems jolly nice. But again, let's see what they do once they're in office. She's been very loyal to David Cameron. Um, she's been loyal to Boris Johnson. Once she casts her own corner of politics, uh, let's see, let's see how she does. So the, the Liz Truss era has begun. I shall watch with enormous interest. If you have any questions about her, please do message me. Uh, you can email me at albineverdies at gmail dot com. Of course, you can contact me on Instagram at Fleming Never Dies, and I'm happy to touch on this topic as much or as little as, as people tell me they want. So, uh, again, you always have a, a hand in shaping this podcast, so please do tell me, what would you like? What would you like to know? Or would you just like to know about something else because you've had enough of politics? I did have one person message me after my last uh, politics Q&A, and he said, you know what, I just don't want to hear about it. <laughs> that's totally okay. After all, I did enjoy doing the series on James Bond in Istanbul. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Just a quick insight into who is this lady. Let me know your thoughts. Goodbye.